This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey. It's a show about the most interesting people and stories of Mississippi. And March is National Women's Month, and all month long we've been featuring amazing women of Mississippi. And today, well, we end this month's celebration with a woman who is no stranger to you here on MPB. It's the beautiful and talented Deep South Dining's own Miss Deborah Hunter. That's right. We will talk with her and find out what's behind the apron. Also, Michelle and I will chat about the latest headlines in the water cooler conversation. Now, to be a part of today's show, we'd love to hear from you. You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or email me at marshall at mpbonline.org. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio, and we'll be right back after the news. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Hey, today, I tell you what, we're going to have the Deborah Hunter Palooza. That's right. You love her an hour ago, you're going to love her this hour, too. And I'm really excited to have her on the show. I tell you what, she has carved out a very tasty niche in Mississippi's history. Deborah Hunter, of course, host of Deep South Dining, and she is here in the studio to talk a little bit about her past and present and her future. And you know, one thing is, when you listen to that show, which is a great show, because I can tell you I've gained 20 pounds just from the food that she brings in every morning. No, you haven't. Well, I, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> and part of the reason was when Sharita was the producer, she would eat all the food. I mean, Sharita weighed like 30 pounds, she, yeah, but she would she eat 30 pounds. I've never seen anything like it. So I would come in and there would be like two chicken bones, you know, and I'm like, well, thanks. Thanks for nothing. Well, now that Michelle is here, of course, there is plenty because Michelle's very dainty and doesn't, you know. He's funny. I get my portion, but I we share exactly. with the entire office. You're not greedy and selfish <laughs> oh, like, like my former producer. No, sure. Look, Rita B., if you're listening, you are not <laughs> selfish and you are not greedy. Oh, I did not say Rita B. and a brand. Uh, uh-uh, I said Sharita. Okay, that one. The, the artist formerly known as no, Sharita. Okay, I like yeah, that. I like that. that. So, um, I am really pumped. It, it, just go ahead and turn on her mic. We'll I just, did. We'll bring I you we'll Look, look. She's used to talking on the mic, so we don't have, have a we don't have a guest that's shy and, and don't won't, doesn't know no. what to do. So I already <laughs> turned it on. To, to put it in vernacular, there ain't a shy person in this whole studio no, right now. Not. No, not, not at no. all. And I, I'm really excited too. And I tell you, it's it's good to have her on. Number one, I'm a I'm a big fan. Okay, mm-hmm. I wow. always am. Yeah, she's just the nicest human being on the planet. Yeah, but she's also one of the most multi talented people you're going to come across too. And this interview, I think, will reveal some of that Mm -hmm. because you've got some real cool hidden talents. Yeah. yeah, I mean, hidden talents of Deborah. I mean, <laughs> an Olympic runner. She's an Olympic runner. Yeah, and a, what, what else? A painter. Done? Painter. Yeah, a cook. Well, that, that's, those are actually real. Chef. I was making up oh, see, stuff. See, yeah. a chef. Um, and uh, and I say a artist on both sides in the cooking world and on canvas. So that's oh, me. And a, an and artist. a writer and all kinds a writer, of writer. Yes, she's she done good. She's she real smart. So uh, very good. You know, you guys are laying it on real thick today. No pressure. Uh, no. no pressure. <laughs> no, pressure. <laughs> no pressure. So, uh, big weekend over the weekend. Congratulations, by the way, to Mississippi yes, State's women's yay, basketball team yay. in the Final Four. I'm so excited. I told you yesterday I was on pins and needles on Ouch, the couch. How, yeah, I, it, it was I painful. I would have gotten off the couch if I had been on I, pins and needles. When I watch, because Jordan was, you know, played this last season, they had a great season. Of course. Basketball for me now is like, oh, yeah. It's like I feel like I'm the parent of every girl out there you know so i'm i'm biting my nails <laughs> I, i'm screaming if they miss a shot i mean i'm really invested in the team winning i want them to go all the way let me let me just uh back up for two seconds and touch on something you just said and i was sitting there watching my kid runs runs track mm-hmm. and he runs cross country and he's really he's good he's, mm-hmm. he's a good runner i'm really proud of him okay dad brag over mm-hmm. but i'm sitting there watching him running and he's doing really well and he's winning his race and 
one of the coaches is sitting next to me. You know, he's cheering him on. But his son at the time is playing baseball, and he's sitting there showing me pictures or, or videos <laughs> of his son hitting two home runs in the game. And so we're dad bragging back and forth. And, you know, I've been very fortunate in my career. A lot of cool things happened to me. Watching your kids succeed is a thousand times better than anything Anything you you could ever Mm -hmm. can do. And I think that's what makes us so obnoxious about it. You know, hey, yeah, look at my kid. Here here you go. Here's a picture. And everybody's looking at you, and you can see their eyes rolling back. Because everyone around here was like, I can't wait till basketball season is over. If if Michelle (laughs) comes in here one more Monday talking about uh, what. Not me at all, because I get it. I understand. Exactly. Exactly. It, It is. Is an awesome thing. It and, is. You know, naturally, and then when your kids screw up, you know, you're <laughs> whoo, boy, they really did that. I'm really proud of that. Look at the pictures right here. Look at me. He's in stripes. You know, it's like. It, it's it's like, funny. <laughs> it's funny how um, I think every parent on Jordan's basketball team, I think it felt like we were playing in that game. You know, yeah. we said oh, yeah. that championship game when we didn't win, it seemed like the parents, we were more oh, upset. Yeah. We had more heartbreak than they did. She said they cried hard in the locker room after the game. But I mean, all of the parents, we had a like knot in our throats. But we've all been there. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. And, you know, so many times you watch your kids go through heartbreak or, mm-hmm. or tough times and you just want to swoop in and help them. Yeah. But then you realize, well, you're not really being a good parent if you're not teaching them how to deal with right. this stuff right. now because they can do it because they have a roof over their head and they don't have to buy food right. and <laughs> stuff like that. So they can fail and learn from it when they're young. But, I mean, the, you're just like, oh, was that person mean to you? I'm going to go in there and stomp them. You, right. know? Well, you can't do that. But it's, it, yeah. Well, it. you, can mm-hmm. all, you can do that when you get grandkids. Well, yeah. But you know what? I have a 17-year-old and a 15-year-old, 10-year-old. I don't want grandkids right now. No, I'm not no. ready for that. No, Although no. I am worried about my 10-year-old. You know, he's a ladies' man. I know he'll worry about it. So. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, I'm ahead of you guys on that. I've got an adorable 11-year-old granddaughter. Yeah, and she so. looks like 20 years younger than me. Yeah. Yes, and that's something. Well, see, it took me a while to get a date. <laughs> A long time to get a date. I still haven't had a date. I don't know how really? I got kids and grandkids. You're like one of the coolest people on the planet. I she's don't understand lying. this. Yeah, she, she is. is she is. She's got most popular. She has them lined up at, at the door. No, really. I, I don't. That's really crazy. But a lot of it is because I'm so busy all the time. Well, there's yeah. truth to that. Yeah. And then the other thing is, and it's something my grandmother said to me, the broader your mind gets, sometimes the more narrow your path gets. Hmm. You know, and so it's that old cliche about choosing to fly with eagles or running around with a bunch of chickens. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. You know. Well, I mean, chicken's good. You cook some great chicken dishes. You do cook great chicken. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, look, not to mail bash, but, you know, Woman Power is National Women's Month. But Yeah, and you got the button, right? Of Turn course. it off. Right. So, yeah, I don't See, want to be hearing any but men But, you know, bashing. this is not men, male bashing, but a fact is, and you know this, it seems like men always talk about that they want an independent woman. They want a woman who has her own mind and doing her own things. But... They really don't know how to deal with a woman that's independent in her own mind and doing. They would, I think, deep down, a lot of men would prefer a woman at home when they get home from work. Dinner's cooked. She's in a nice little apron, and she's you know. What would you like, sir? You know, that's what I think See, most men think. I married somebody that's so incredibly independent, and and it, and I think what happened was I had two older sisters. And a strong mom who worked and got her master's degrees and so forth like that. So I kind of grew up with that. I think it would drive me crazy if somebody came in and said, here's your supper, honey. And now, now Amy has supper ready for the boys and I, you know, when we come in. And then, you know, and I help out. And we we kind of work as a team. But I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like yeah. having somebody who's smart I don't know and that independent I, yeah. and, and, and accomplished. And it's cool. I don't know that I agree that men don't want that, um, Michelle. I, I think what happens a lot of times, though, that there are sometimes initially language barriers. There are... Um, there are just barriers that we show up sometimes. If you if you already believe that somebody does not or, or they're not interested in you because you are a certain way, you come in the room that way. Mm-hmm. So if you already feel like a man doesn't want you because you are strong, you're sending off that energy. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that. I, I I believe that there there's somebody for everybody, and I and I just think that you have to decide what's right for you. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. Exactly. And I, I truly. So I mean, that. I don't fit that stereotype either. I mean, like I said, I'm I'm not. You know, I mean, I kind of like somebody with a brain. Yeah. It's kind of a cool thing. You, know? you have a very conversation. Yeah, um, you have something to talk about. Well, no, I mean, Jimmy Buffett said, same obligations, same occupations, really nothing to share. It's like driving around with no spare. Yeah. 
You know, and I think sometimes, you know, if you're going to be married to somebody forever, like, you know, I'm coming up on 25 years, which right now seems like forever. My wife's probably nodding right now. Um, But, I mean, it's like, you know, we've grown and changed a lot in 25 years. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if we didn't have our independent interests and so forth, but then we can come back together and we've got interests together. And so it's worked out pretty well. But, um, yeah, no, it's... um, and I try to do nice things for her, too. You know, that's the thing. And we both kind of do that at the same time. Give and take. The language barrier is kind of in- intriguing to me because I didn't understand a word you just said. <laughs> well, Because well, I'm like, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, but, you <laughs> know, when it, when it comes to language barriers, you know, it's like with women, like a man can say a word and a woman can say a word, and they have two different meanings. Oh, yeah. Because guys like it short and sweet. Mm-hmm. So if you say something, it's just, it's just straightforward. When women say it, we are really, it's like blooming flowers. You know, those yeah. words. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, just, the it, men are from Mars and women from Venus exactly. thing. And I'll tell you a, tr- a classic example of this. It was 1993, Houston, Texas. My wife and I have been married for a few months. We're walking next to our apartment complex is a track. So every afternoon we would go walk together and walk the dog and walk around the track. So we go one lap. She's telling me a better day. Two day, laps. She's telling me a better day. Three laps. She's telling me a better day. I turn and look at her and say, so, honey, how was your day? Oh, my God. I mean, (laughs) what has that been now? So 1993, 25 years ago, she still remembers that conversation. (laughs) You don't ever listen to me. I was off on planet some whatever planet I was on thinking about it. She was like, tell me about her day. And I was just like not listening. So whatever. So she accuses me of not listening. And she's probably right because I'm just kind of off on my own planet. So Deborah is 100 percent right there. But see, I grew up in a house full of boys, Marshall. I was the only girl. Yeah. Oh, God, you're tough. So. Yeah, so they kind of schooled me really early. You know, it's it's learning how men think and how you know what right. you want, and so I've I've kind of learned to, to make the adjustment a little bit differently. You know, yeah. Even growing up, my friends were guys, so right. You know, my thought process, Michelle, is just it's a little different. But when I was talking about you know the eagle deal for me, mm-hmm. it is um, you know partnering at this point in my life with somebody that really is okay with me moving forward. Yeah. But he's strong enough to get in there with me and say, you know, let me help you get mm-hmm. to the next level you know here's something i tell my boys you are the sum of your five closest friends exactly and it's really good and if you're ambitious and you really have dreams and goals it's good not to hang around people that you know that actually have dreams and goals also Mm -hmm. because if they don't they're going to be dragging you down that's not a good thing exactly no not a million years see as you can tell already this is going to be be a great show (laughs) i'm excited to learn about who deborah hunter really is not the not the cook Deborah Hunter. we're gonna pull the apron (laughs) off of deborah hunter today so so Clark Kent, who are you really? Exactly. That's what this interview is going to be like <laughs> as well. So I tell you, what, we're going to take a quick break and we get back. Like I said, we're going to find out who Deborah Hunter really is. This is now you're talking on MPB Think Radio. been a big part of my life. I grew up listening to it, and now I can give back and be a part of the mission by volunteering. And that's my MPB story. Share your story using hashtag MyMPBStory. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I am your host, Marshall Ramsey. Well, you know our guest, because if you're listening to the last hour, you're realizing it's the amazing Deborah Hunter from Deep South Dining. And uh, we already figured out, we're going to ask her in a second, who is Deborah Hunter? But we've already figured out she grew up in a house full of boys. <laughs> Deborah, I got to tell you this. Of course, my wife, Amy, grew up with two older brothers, and we now have three boys. So she wanted to get a dog that was a girl, and then she ended up with one with a beard. So it's like she came in and get that right. But my middle son was saying something sarcastic to her, and he's about my size. He's about six feet tall. He's a big kid. And she's not. She's like 5'2". And all of a sudden, he said something sarcastic, and he's on the ground. 
Yeah. And she'd leg swept them. Yeah. It's like, you know, I had brothers. I know how to deal with this, you know. So and so that's kind of the way you are, too. Right. So really funny story. So I was probably in my uh, in my 20s and there was this guy who would stop by, you know, to visit. And now we were at work and my mom just happened to be there. And one of my coworkers, she was harassing me. And I turned and picked her up and just kind of moved her out of the way. And the guy looked at me with sheer horror. Yeah. And he just left. He never Did said he really? Word. That is awesome. He never said a word. He's not going like, to mess with you. <laughs> exactly. You're going to pop him in the snoop. <laughs> By the way, there is a piece of pie right in front of me. Um, and, you know, I don't eat sweets. Yeah. I'll be very open about it. But I have had some of that pie. And I'm going to be like talking really fast for the next it? hour. I had, I had, I had a bite of it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Well, it's I hard need, to say no to Deborah I need Hunter. The drum roll. I should have had a drum roll um, ready. I didn't even know he I, ate it. You I, didn't tell me, okay. Deborah. I've had very little sugar since November, but I, I that I was her. well worth it because this is this is going to be a world famous piece of pie soon. Oh, wow. I told her you, it was going to be an act well, of Congress that. to get you to put it in your mouth. So you did do it. I did. I didn't spit it back out either. Did you check his mouth? No. <laughs> he swallowed uh, it. He swallowed it. He went in for the second bite. I did have a second Yay. bite too. It's that delicious. Now Thank don't you. blame us on how you feel later on. But uh. <laughs> no, I'm going to take a nap here in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you hear the. As yeah, my head is the desk. We're going to talk about her sweet potato pie later on, but I want yeah. everyone to know that <laughs> I just have no words. It's the best sweet potato pie oh, it's delicious. I've ever had. And she does variations. She does a mm-hmm. uh, chocolate sweet, which I've never had before. She made me try yeah. it that day, a chocolate sweet potato pie. Well, in the beginning, where so did this good. pie come from? Now, <laughs> now, where are you from? I mean, we'll talk a little bit about your, you know, your origins, your roots. Well, I'm a Mississippi girl. Okay. Uh, my... Uh, Family grew up in a little area called Forest Hill, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. So if you're familiar with Forest Hill High School, yes. that little uh, area is where we grew up. My right here in Jackson. Right here in Jackson. Mm-hmm. My grandfather and grandmother were farmers. So I grew up on a farm. So you couldn't get away from food. I couldn't get away from food. Um, but I didn't start cooking, Marshall, until 2011, which is really crazy. What? I was I was not the cook. I, I had no interest in cooking. I was a dishwasher growing up. It was like everybody had assignments. My mother is really, I love her. She's a traditional um, mom, housewife. You mm-hmm. know, they, you, I grew up with these really serious roles. You know, men were men. You go out and, you know, kill something, bring it home, and the wife cooks it. That's the house I grew up in. So I, my assignment was to wash dishes. My brothers got to cut grass and do that stuff. But if it happened on the inside of the house, that was my job. But cooking was my mom's thing. And so in 2011, I moved to Terry, Mississippi, this beautiful house with a gorgeous kitchen, which was a waste of real estate. And I walked in one morning and I stood there and I literally said, God, would you teach me how to cook? Really? I kid you not. Uh, And all I heard in that moment, Marshall, was the sweetest kind of yes. I can't even explain it. Didn't think about it anymore that day. The next morning I woke up and in, in my prayer time, I heard, if you were serious about cooking, let's cook something today. I made my first cake that day, took it to my mom. She didn't believe I made it. Really? She's a Pentecostal pastor's wife. And she looks at me and she says, girl, stop lying. You know, you didn't cook this cake. She said, if you did it, go do it again. And that challenge has changed my life, uh, Marshall. So for the first year, the only thing that I did was on the weekends I would cook and I would invite my friends and family over. And if I said dinner was at seven, they would come at five because nobody believed I was actually. They wanted to see you do it. They literally wanted to see me cook. And then um, later that year, I I had something really tragic to happen. And so for about six months, I was in a just terrible place, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. It was just really bad. And I said another prayer. I said, God, you got to give me something to do. I woke up one morning and I wrote the words, cooking with honey and friends. I had no idea that I was about to take one of the most amazing journeys of my life. And... And as they say, the rest is really turning into an amazing history. It's been quite the story. Was that that original cake an angel food cake? It was a pound cake. <laughs> oh, it could have been angel food because it seems like it was a gift from heaven. So. Uh, well, you know, but I think life really is yeah. a gift from heaven. When you guys were talking about earlier about, you know, bragging on your kids, I, I, I do believe that when we do great things and we go after the impossible right. and we're out there achieving that God feels just the way that we do about our kids because he wants us to win. Amen. And so I think all of us are loaded up with lots of gifts and talents. And, and unfortunately, we live in a world that forces us to 
they say, those are toys, put those down and go get a job. What the reality is, and you know, this as an artist and a writer, the greatest freedom that you ever have in life is doing those things that are innately a part of you. And so I'm finding in my uh, later years that I'm happier. I am more childlike. I am, uh, it's like, um, everything my hands touch. I want to, I want to learn something about it, but it's because I decided to go into my creative place opposed to just living my life, you know, living someone else's life. Exactly. exactly. And I tell you, and, and this is coming from somebody who grew up, you know, you were expected to always do well and, and so forth. And a lot of times people get this fear of failure and they don't understand failure because failure is actually not a bad thing. It's how you learn. Exactly. So if you have a dream and you want to keep going and, and things don't go right, instead of saying, well, I'm no good, I, I can't do this, you said, okay, what went wrong? What can I do to fix it? And then you move on past that wall because people are always like, that wall, you know, that's, that's to keep me out. No, it's to see how bad you want something. And obviously, you know, you were cooking and you were experimenting and you were trying things and you were feeding, you were also creating a community because you were having your friends come over and exactly. do this too. So, exactly. um, I, th- I think the I think the sweetest part of this journey for me, uh, and I, I really hope is it is this pie right in front yeah, of me. Yeah, yeah, that pie is super yummy. But it's, it's it's for me, it's being able to take all these stories that I learned as a child about the Bible and now live them in a in a different Amen. way. Like the twenty third Psalms now has a completely different meaning to me. Right. I, I literally was journaling one day, and this is what I heard, Marshall. The twenty third Psalms is the best scripture for dreamers because in the beginning you have this wonderful green pasture and still waters. It's where your dreams are born. And then as you move forward into your dreams, you've got this valley of shadows of death. And that's where most people quit. They quit their marriages. They quit their businesses. They quit their hopes and dreams. But if you could go through this valley on the other side is a table prepared for you. Mm -hmm. It is that place where you win. It's that place where now you just, you're not just sketching, but now you're the world knows you as Marshall Ramsey. You're not just writing, you know, or you're now, you're now known as, you know, Coco or Michelle. And you get to do these fantastic right. things, but only when you get past the valley of shadows of death. Exactly. Fear. It, yes, it's exactly. Fear. It's the worst thing in the world. Talk about when you were young, because, you know, obviously you did not think that you would be in this position right now mm-hmm. and so forth. But what were your dreams when you were little? Um, my dreams when I was little, believe it or not, I just, I just wanted to be liked. Really? Yeah. It's really crazy because, yeah. I, you know, it, well, I think every kid wants that. Yeah. I just, yeah. That was my biggest dream during the day. I felt like such an odd child out. I was, I've always been a daydreamer, right. you know, and I think my mom, you know, kind of thought I was weird. I would be the kid outside just kind of looking up in the clouds and talking to the birds. And I did that way into my teens until I realized that other people really thought it's something wrong with right, me. Right. Cause the birds start talking back right <laughs> exactly um so i guess i've kind of always been the kid with my head in the clouds right talk about some of the challenges you faced in your life oh where do we start i think um I, I, one of the biggest things that most people would not have known about me is growing up i, I struggled with a, a reading and writing disability really uh yeah dyslexia was uh something that we really didn't even know what to call it at the time. So, you know, you know, the teachers thought oh, she's just being lazy. Uh, you know, you, your parents just, you know, like, why are you not getting this? Right. But because there was not a name for it. And especially in the African-American community, you know, we, you didn't take your kids to doctors. You just, you know, you just better get it right. And so there was a struggle for me there. But what it did was it forced me again to, you know, find my creative sources because I was really good at, um, you know, just putting my hands on things and making them work creatively. Academically, though, there was a struggle. But now that I've gotten older and I don't have the pressure of somebody breathing down my neck, even the left and right side of my brain seem to be kind of marrying one another in my understanding about a lot of things. Because, of course, doing business, you better know, you better get it together. Yeah. Once again, you learn from failure real quick on that one. It's like, uh-oh, that's a problem. What, what did you do originally? I mean, because obviously you didn't start cooking until a few years ago. What, what are some of the careers that you've had? Well, I was in a beauty business, Marshall, for over 30 years. That's that's what I did. I was a stylist. I worked yeah. at a beauty salon. And, you know, I was a single mom, which was, you know, really tough because I was a pastor's daughter. And this was totally unexpected. I grew up in a Pentecostal church. How dare you? Right. Um, but I ha- I have the most beautiful daughter on the planet. She's a very soulful child. I'm very proud of her. 
Uh, I have a lovely uh, granddaughter. Uh, my daughter did something that I've not been brave enough to do, and she got married, which I thought was, and I tell her all the time, she's more a woman than I am, Marshall. Yeah, I, I could imagine. I mean, but how, how old is your granddaughter now? Dakota is 11. and She's, she's 11. Ab- she's, she's absolutely she, in love with you, by the and way. And she's great, by the way. She's uh, a brilliant, brilliant yeah. young lady. So. She's quite an amazing kid. Uh, and and she's, uh, she's my prayer partner, Marshall. One of the sweetest things that I've had happen in my life happened with Dakota. Yeah. Uh, this is about two years ago. She was getting ready to uh, take a little summer break. And uh, I was praying with her. She was sitting in my lap. And uh, she said to me, she says, Grandmammy, I need to do something for you really quickly. And I said, what is it? And she says, "Uh, I'll be right back. And so she ran to her room and she comes back and she's got a little prayer oil that she had gotten from church. And she's crying. And she says, open up your hands, Grandma. And she pours this oil in my hands. And she said, God told me to tell you everything you touch is going to be blessed. Well, now, if if that's not the strength that I need to get up every day and do something great with my life, to be kind to other people, to be aware, because here's a child, you know, who's speaking from a most sincere place into my life. That's that's a treasure that I I will never ever forget. Marshall. Kids don't lie. Yeah, they no. really do. So you, when you wake up every morning, you just sit there and say, "Okay, whose life can I make better?" When I the, well, I'm really okay. weird. The first thing that I do when I wake up in the morning, I literally put my hands right in front of my eyes, mm-hmm. and I say, "These hands are blessed." Right. You know, and and I look for somebody before the day is over with Marshall to just on purpose be kind to. You know, I think there's enough miserable people, you know, in in the earth. Right. There's enough angry people. So I choose to daily, no matter what's going on in my life. And I've had some pretty darn tough things to just be happy, to be on purpose, you know, to speak well to other people, to speak life to other people, because I think words have great value. Words never die. You know, and there are words that you're living in as an adult man that somebody said to you as a child that still affects your life. So I choose to say words that I feel like on purpose are going to give other people life. And I feel like the universe pays me back triple. It really does. I mean, of course, you know, I mean, uh, we go to church on Sunday and we generally hear that message that it's better to give than receive and, to you know, uh, treat others as you would want to treat yourself. But there's so many people that turn inward. And yeah. it's like, you know, wait a minute, you've got this power. Go out there and make a difference. And you do. And we're going to talk about that a little bit, too, because I tell you what, Facebook has really changed your life, hasn't oh, it? Oh, my gosh. Facebook is really crazy. Because um, you build an audience and a platform and you you've suddenly have people that love you. And I love them back. Yeah. You know, uh, there, I say it all the time, Marshall. There's only three things on this planet. And I know it looks like it's a whole lot of stuff. But really, there are only three things. There are people places and things and the places and things have no value without people right you know and so if we could just remember that i don't it's it's just that that's all we get and i tell people the other thing is is that the love the joy the hope that you have that has to come from the inside and then you take that to the people places and things right and so then you learn not to consume people you learn not to consume places and things. Well, at what point between you're staring up at the clouds as a teenager and, you know, now, did you figure all this out? I think I think it's kind of been an innate journey for me. This this um, and I think I just finally got a voice to not be afraid to share it. Right. I think a lot of times we're you know, we're we're. We live in a society that's making so many other noises that a lot of times we're afraid to live big. You know, we're afraid to just be okay. You know, people have now uh, traded narcissism for confidence. They say, you know, and it's It's very popular these days. Yeah, and it's really not. Real confidence is being okay with loving somebody else as you love yourself. Just like I love that pie. (laughs) Delicious pie. So we're going to talk about that and a bunch of other really cool stuff as well. We got Deborah Hunter on with us, and I tell you what, she's as awesome in person as you expect her to be every day, every Monday on the radio for Deep South Dining. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio.
MPB Radio Reading Service provides blind Mississippians like me with access to news, books, and sale info that helps me save money. That's my MPB story. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. If you're just tuning in, we've been talking with Deep South Dining's own Ms. Deborah Hunter. And I tell you what, you can talk to her, too. You can give us a call at 877-672-7464, or you can email me at marshall at mpbonline.org, and we'll take questions that way as well. Uh, we're going behind the apron a little bit today to find out what makes her so amazing, and she is amazing. I tell you, um, I guess probably... I think for two years now, you've you've been the show before me a little bit more than that. I was trying to think how long I've been here. Uh, that was just such a breath of fresh air when you started coming in. It wow. was just like seeing you and with a big smile and, you know, and it was just like, wow, who is this person? She's just like full of energy and she's just great. And you'd always bring this great food that I said <laughs> that, that the uh, world famous Rita B would eat all of before I could get a chance to get any of it. But, um, you know, you talk about Facebook, it's changed your life and everything. And we touched on that a little bit. How how exactly did it change your life? I and mean, when did you get on social media? And how did and talk about that process? Because a lot of people, you know, they're they're actually Facebook's quite in the news these days um, about your information and everything. But talk about how it made such a difference on you getting a platform and you getting out there. Well, I ended up on Facebook um, because of a very dear cousin of mine. Her name is Katina. Hey, mm-hmm. Katina. Uh, I knew I was completely clueless and literally a dinosaur when it came to, you know, Facebook and social media. Right. And she says, look, you need to be on Facebook. So she got she logged in and created this page. And she says, we're going to use cooking with honey and friends because that's what you, you know, for your name. Well, we were on Facebook literally for two months just a few pictures. And when you go back and even read some of the stuff, it's just horrible. Uh, but it, within those two months, we got a call from Veronica Naylor, who was working with an organization called paint the town red, a group of Republican women, and they were hosting an event for the now governor. And, uh, we were invited. We were the only minority group invited to make a presentation. I thought it was a joke. I kept waiting for Aston Kutcher to jump out and go, right. cause there was not a whole lot of content out there. Well, we went and we made that presentation. Well, something phenomenal happened uh, to me that day, Marshall, because I was kind of second-guessing myself. You know, is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? Everybody was really receptive, and it was really nice, but I was questioning myself. On the ride home, I looked up, and literally there's this huge heart shape in the sky, and the sun is coming through it, and it was almost kind of like a God wink from me. Well, if you've been on my Facebook page, I have a whole album since that day where I've collected heart shapes and they show up in my life every day. And they're usually in the clouds, which again, you know, I'm still that kid with my head stuck up in the clouds. Looking up into the clouds. Always. On that too. And you mentioned you started cooking in 2011. And did you think when you first started cooking that this could actually turn into to what I do for a living? Had no clue. All I really wanted to do was cook, take advantage of that kitchen. Yeah. I had no idea. I wasn't dreaming about any of this. Again, it's me seeing the Bible come alive in a different way because you ask for a little and then God will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could think or ask. But the key is you have to ask and then you have to believe that you're going to get it. And I I try to live in that space. I've gotten off track sometimes because sometimes you can ask for something so big and then. That other self will say, now you know you can't have that. And if and I, and I found that if you start to exist in that space, then you turn off your own light. I was going to ask, how do you shut that voice up? Because sometimes that voice can really be a nag. But I think you have to be louder and braver, yeah. you know. And, and you really can't be an adult in that moment. You really have to be a little kid. You have to be that little kid that puts that towel around his neck and yeah. become Superman. And then you have to use your words and your voice to kind of kill the monster under the bed. You know, and I have to talk to myself quite a bit. I keep a lot of motivational stuff in my ears. Um, and people won't, won't believe us, even though I'm on television and we've done television, I have no televisions in my house. Literally my, the, the space is very quiet and very peaceful. Um, I want to do a lot of meditating, a lot of, it's a creative space. Yeah. My granddaughter loves being there. So I know that kids don't have to have TV. They really want to be touched and talked to and listened to just like wives do. Right. That's true. <laughs> they and, wanna... and Michelle. And Michelle. And, and... <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. But um, so it's, it's really, it's being okay with who you are as a human being without right. somebody else's 
approval. And I've learned to do stuff without expecting anything back. If I want to That's paint, huge. I want, if I want to paint something, I paint it not because I'm trying to sell it, not because I even care if somebody else likes it. It's because it's in me and it needs to come out. And so I'll do it. I saw my dad have that. I mean, dad had a car garage and he, he got into it because he loved to work on cars. And then there got to a point where, you know, our car stopped running because he's like, I don't want to come home and work on cars anymore because it's my job. And, and so I've always said that as an artist, you know, I mean, I draw every day right. and the day it becomes a job is the day I'll stop doing it right. because I love to do it. It's just I, the way I look at it is I get to, to, to draw every day and they pay me. Right. How cool is that? How cool is it's that? It's like the little kid. It's like, that's really cool. But and, and I love the fact that you said it's like the little kid. I think the more we fall in love with that part of us, that little that little kid, that child, uh, then we're able to embrace even our ad- adult responsibilities yeah. in a different way. Then you're not so tired and life is not so mundane and, and you're not bored with all these wonderful things that are right in front of you. But, yeah, but I think it's great though. You don't have a television. You're not sitting there probably on social media for 24 hours a day and because you're yeah. out there creating. Yeah. You're creating yeah. and putting things out into the universe. Yeah. And, you know, and of course, if you keep up with me a little bit, you know, I'm outside yeah. a lot as well. You too. Are. And I think people need to take deep breaths and look at the flowers. And, you know, my grandmother would say, smell the roses. And um, there was a song she would sing, give me my flowers where I live. And a lot of times people miss the flowers that are bloomed for them every day that God takes the time to bloom them. But we're so busy, you know, we're in a hurry going where? Right. To jobs we don't like. Um, and my dad say you're in a hurry going nowhere most of the time. Well, see, I'm going to have to disagree with you on one thing right now <laughs> because I am so allergic to pollen <laughs> that I don't want to stop and smell any flowers whatsoever. I want to cut them down and pave them at least for the next two weeks, and then I'm good. Well, it, it doesn't even necessarily have to be physical flowers. Right. It's just paying attention to your life right. and, to, and not taking anything or anybody for granted. You know, just the sound of your voice, Marshall. It's powerful and it means something to me. So to be able to hear you and to see you is a treasure. And a lot of times we pass by people Mm -hmm. and, you know, and and we will say, well, people get on my nerves. And I've heard people say that. And I go, how? How? Yeah. Because it's what Mother Teresa says. Whenever I see your face, I see the most magnificent disguises of God. Right. We're all miracles. We're all miracles. We're all miracles. And I tell you, and a lot of times when bad things happen too, people get so wrapped up and obsessed and they get caught in a swirl. They need to stop and look around and look for something beautiful at that moment, and it can help pull them out of that swirl. Speaking of bad stuff, Marshall, you yeah. know, a little bit of, um, you know, uh, Michelle wanted to I thought you were going to say, this interview. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. I'm just in, the, in the process of me being here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting, mm-hmm. um, I had a series of unfortunate events that happened, and, and some of them really scared me to pieces. Right. And I had to make a decision, am I going to allow uh, any circumstance or anything or any money be bigger than who I am as a human being? Right. And, I, and, it, and, it's, and it's really, it's redefined how I see myself, because a lot of times we wrap the value of who we are and what we do and what we have. Right. You know, and so I, you know, Michelle and I were talking about dating earlier. So you can ask a man, say, I can say, well, who are you? And immediately most men will start to tell me where they work, where mm-hmm. they live and what they drive. And when they finish, I say, so now can you really tell me who you are? And the reality is most people don't really know. They know what they do. But they don't know who they are. Right. Yeah. And I've seen that happen to a lot of people in my profession, in the newspaper business. You know, suddenly they get laid off or whatever and they're lost Yeah. because that's who they were. And I figured out real quick, I am my cartoons. I am not who my cartoons are. My cartoons are who I am. Exactly. There's a big difference there. It really is. And so it's, it's, it's really important. Let's talk about your fondest moment here at MPB. And what got you here? I think mean, that's just a great story. Oh, my gosh. So um, I was actually doing a ribbon cutting for uh, Hope Credit Union mm-hmm. in Terry, Mississippi. And now, how did you end up doing a ribbon cutting in Terry, Mississippi? Well, I lived in Terry. Yes. And so I was baking some cookies for one of the tailors. And when I walked in... Um, the bank manager says, why are you here? Because she'd see me in Jackson all the time. I said, well, I live in Terry. And she says, you'll do. And I said, I do what? <laughs> she says, we need a member to, to do the ribbon cutting. And I said, of course, but only if you will allow me to bring some treat from cooking with honey and friends. And right. she said, of, of course. 
So I did the ribbon cutting. On the following day, Mississippi Public Broadcasting sent one of your reporters out to interview me for Hope Bank. And his name was Jason. And so he he spoke to me when the interview was over. He says, well, what else do you do besides bank with them? And I told him about cooking with Honey and Friends. As the story goes, he came here and spoke with Jason Klein and mm-hmm. almost got fired, kicked out of the office. Just Jason didn't want to hear what he had to say. And he kept saying, no, you got to hear this girl. I need you to see her. And he was like, what is it about her that you need me to hear? So it was kind of this back and forth. And finally, Jason said, well, let me see. And so they went to my YouTube page. And Jason said, when he heard me say, hello, good morning, beautiful Mississippi, he knew that that, you know, it was person. And so uh, that following Monday, I get a call from Liz Gill. Hey, Liz. Yeah. And she says, can you come in today for an interview? And I said, I'm sorry. You've dialed the wrong number. I hadn't applied for a job. And she said, somebody did for you. Wow. And so I came in. And I had an interview, and um, it was um, Kevin Farrell and um, Sharita Bren and uh, a couple of other people. And they did the interview, and they told me, they said, listen, it's going to be about six weeks before we let you know. And before I can make it back to my car, Jonas Adams comes out, and he says, come back in. We need to talk to you. And he's looking all serious, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, it must have been terrible. And they said it was unanimous that they wanted me for the show. And being here really has changed my life in so many magnificent ways. Because there was a period of uh, time where Mississippi Public Broadcasting was the hope I needed to get up every day and keep moving. Because I had the wind knocked out of me. I lost my oldest brother in a major car accident. A few months before that, my godson and his fiance were murdered. So wow. th- I, I had th- there were terrible things happening back to back. And then I woke up one morning and I didn't know where I was going to live. Literally, I physically I was I had nowhere to go. And so it was just it was a lot of things going on. But there were two things that kept me motivated. I knew that I had a dream in my heart. Mm-hmm. And I knew that um, coming to Mississippi Public Broadcasting was going to happen every Monday. And so I decided to keep a smile on my face because most people never knew any of this stuff was going on with me. Um, and I just decided to share love in the process of, of having a hard time. And it paid off. And it's still paying off. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah. And you, it's like you put that out into the universe and the universe gave it back to you. Absolutely. I really think, I, you know, because life is going to happen to us all, Marshall. You know, bad things are going to happen to good people. That's inevitable. Right. Bad things are going to happen to bad people. But you have to decide. You have to choose, you know, who you're going to be every day. What are your fond, What's your fondest memory of being here? That's uh, tough. It's like, which one's your favorite of your nine kids? You know, I, I think that the, the, my greatest, most exciting moment was when I hugged Kevin Farrell and I realized that he was hugging me back. Yeah, because he's a tough nut to crack. Well, you know, when I first got here, because I'm a hugger. Right. And I just go in and grab and he was kind of, you know, stiff. And, yeah. But it was that it was that morning I came in and I could see it in his eyes. He was kind of waiting for me to hug him because I'd done it several times. And he just kind of, you know, like, I can't believe she's really doing this. But it was that moment that that he hugged me back, and it, and I could feel that exchange of kindness. And after that, he became my Monday morning man. And I tell you, one of the fun things about working here is actually getting to meet the people behind the voices. Absolutely. There's Karen Brown. Wow. <laughs> it's just like, there's Michelle. And then I get to see, I walk in, and, you know, that hug you're talking about. Yeah. I love it. Open up the door. Wham. You hit me before <laughs> I can get in the door. It's great. It's awesome. Well, we're going to continue this conversation, and you can be part of it. You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877 or 6474, excuse me, email me at marshall at mpbonline.org. This is now you're talking on MPB Think Radio. As donors, we know that MPB makes a difference. Felder on MPB Radio was the catalyst that inspired us to include tea production on our blueberry farm. Our business continues to grow. That's, That's our, our MPB, MPB story. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, 
Dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or email marshall at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. All right, welcome back. This is Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. Look, if you're just joining us, we've been talking with Deep South Dining's own Miss Deborah Hunter, one of my favorite people on the planet, to be honest with you. I just love your energy. I love your cooking. Um, and I love the fact that you're so stinking multi-talented. You do something. You paint. Yeah. You paint. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. And I just learned to cook a few years ago. And now I'm like, that's almost like Tom Brady. I picked up football last year. You know, I mean, <laughs> and I've won eight Super Bowls since then. Um, talk about your painting a little bit. The the art thing is really, uh, gosh, it's a huge blessing for me because, again, it allows me to stay in a childlike space. Yeah. And um, I had my first art show last yeah. year. Oh, did you really? That went, Congratulations. That went really, really well, and I'm really excited about that. And, you know, I've got people calling me wanting to order pieces, which is really fantastic. Um, but, again, I think all of us are filled with amazing talents. Yeah. And, it's, uh, and it's taking that one foot and putting it out there, and then you'll find that the next step is there and the next thing is there if you choose to find those things. You you remind me of the parable of the talents. You are the servant who got the, the talent and then went out there and worked, and those talents multiplied. Wow. That's you. Yeah. And that, I mean, because there's so much truth to that because so many people get scared. They have a talent, and they don't use it because they're afraid that people may not like it or whatever. And you, I mean— well, life, like every... will hit, life will hit you so hard that you will get over other people's approval. That's a good point. I, I don't, need, yeah, I don't good... need that anymore. No, that's true. Yeah, I don't. That, that I, is true. You know, I don't need. Which is lucky because actually, because nobody's mad at you about your cooking. <laughs> I mean, cause anybody eats a pizza pie like that, they're gonna be like, "Deborah's good with me. She can do anything. <laughs> I mean, you can cut me off in traffic. I still like you. Still my friend." What's your favorite thing to cook, by the way? Um, my favorite thing to cook is love, actually. The, love. Fo- the, the food is just kind of a hook for me. Really, what I'm always after, Marshall, is people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whether it's writing or cooking or, what, or the art, whatever it is, it always gives me the greatest gift, which, which is people. And I think sometimes we really don't realize that. I, I, I was thinking one day, you know, how much is my company, you know, worth? What's the value? And then, I, you know, it's, we're always trying to put a dollar amount on stuff. Right. And finally, it, it dawned on me, why would you put a dollar amount on on something when you yourself are priceless? Right. And the and the person across from you is priceless. And so we get lost in, in the exchange of, you know, and we need money. Yeah, money's good. You know, because I like red bottom shoes. I like nice stuff. But, right. but at the end of the day, what's really expensive and priceless for me, you know, is, is to have another human moment, you know. I cannot wait to go to your first book signing Wow! and getting the book signed. Uh, or, or I may just, you know, hit you up for one here. You are writing a book. It's coming out. The, the book is actually in editing now, uh, and I'm really excited. Oh, that's the scariest part uh, of the yeah, process. That's, that's been really, really scary. But um, it's in editing. What's it about? Uh, it's called My Delicious Mississippi Life. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a cookbook, but there's some really wonderful little short anecdotes and stories in the book. And it really is how I feel about Mississippi. You know, it's being here is delicious. You know, when you go out in the world and, you know, and people have come here and they tell our story and they tell it in such a limited way. Right. You know, they they always want to talk about all the downsides of being here in Mississippi. But I, I've become the woman I am because of the people who raised me here in this state, the, you know, the dirt that's under my feet. I'm, you know, I grew up fishing with bare feet and walking out in the woods. And so it's, it's made me, you know, very aware and very grateful. The people here are very kind. I tell people all over the world when I travel, Mississippi is one of the only places I know that you can hug somebody and they become an instant family member. That's right. You know, and it's really sweet. There's two degrees of separation. Absolutely. Not six. We, you know somebody's mom and you can get all the way around. But, you, but you're right about something. And people always say, oh, you know, they talk about the bad things about Mississippi. But, I, you know, I tell people, I said, that's what makes us so interesting is because we have challenges and we have blessings. Yeah. I mean, great, beautiful oysters. And, you know, the oysters produce pearls exactly. from that little piece of grit. 
And when you think about how many people in, that are entertaining the world now that mm-hmm. are from Mississippi, you you have to say why. Right. You know, why does the world have the Morgan Freemans, you know, the Leontine Prices? Why, you know, are those people from Mississippi, why are the Marshall Ramseys doing so well in the world? And it's because Mississippi's good ground. The folk here really do have really great values, irregardless to all the other crazy shenanigans that you hear about. Right. You know, we really are our brother's keepers. Mississippi is one of the most giving states in the union. It's the things that people don't talk about, you know, that really makes us unique and valuable to the world. After Katrina, I saw the fact that, you know, and and use this line a lot, when things get bad, we get good. Yeah. I mean, I've never lived any place. I mean, if you get hit, I I wrote a book called Chainsaws and Casseroles, and it was not a cookbook. (laughs) But it was a fact that if you get hit by a tornado before you can get out of the rubble, there will be a church van in your front yard full of people with chainsaws and casseroles. And they're going to cut that tree off your roof, and they're going to feed you. Right. And you do a lot on the feeding part. Sweet potato pie would be one of them. And so this piece of pie in front of me is about to become very famous. Oh, my gosh, Marcia. I'm really excited about it. It really is a product that I'm hoping that we can vet for the grocery stores. You know, or, you know, get with some vendor to make that happen. But, you know, my whole life right now is just delicious. You know, the fact that, you know, you're breathing and you're alive and I'm here and I'm hanging out with you and I get to I mean, it's just really crazy. And I just feel like every breath I'm taking that life is getting bigger. And I pray that somebody's listening who may have lost some hope along the way. Take a deep breath and recreate yourself because I've had to do that many times along the way. What What do you do when you're not cooking? Uh, loving on my grandbaby. I tell you what, and, and she is so lucky to have you as a role model. It's it's just the opposite. I tell my daughter and my granddaughter constantly, Marshall, that I am the most blessed person because God gave them to me. That's a really and good I way get, looking at it. And I get to be, you know, the person that's looking at them and seeing how wonderful they really are because they both come with some very unique gifts and talents that I I just I'm blessed to have them. What would you like to teach to the next generation? To love yourself, to love freely, to give freely, that you can never run out of yourself, you know. And I think sometimes we get scared because we think we're going to run out, we're going to lose something. Right. But I don't care where you are, you will always be Marshall Ramsey. You don't, you don't run out of that. And so if I could pass that to the next person, I think it will it'll allow you to, to constantly win and to live bigger. If you know that you're not going to ever run out of yourself. So when when will I be able to buy that sweet potato pie in stores? Well, after people listen to us now, hopefully the vendors are listening and they'll call us and we'll, we'll get make it that happen. Yes, it, it is delicious. <laughs> I will throw that out there. It is fantastic. In fact, I'm even going to have a, a third bite. That's just how good it is. All right. Well, thank you, Deborah. Appreciate thank it. You so Always much. good to catch up with you. That was great today. I want to thank, of course, Deep South Dining's own Ms. Deborah Hunter for sharing her amazing story with us. And now you're talking as production of MPB Think Radio. Show is produced by the incredible Michelle McAdoo. Hey, stay tuned. Coming up next is Southern Remedy. And, of course, you can join us next week for Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey, only here on MPB Think Radio. We'll see you all next Monday.